Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Amen. It's great to see all of you this morning. Appreciate uh, the Lord bringing safely home last week, Franco and Elle. They were in Peru last week in ministry, and uh, we sent them out, prayed over them. We received them back. Uh, Elle spoke on Wednesday night, and uh, if you don't make family night a habit in your life, you should, and uh, you need it. We need you here. You need us. And uh, the Word is being taught, and it's rich. So I'll be teaching the next two weeks. And then uh, the last Wednesday of the month, Pastor Suzanne, the ladies are going to be gathering. The guys are going to be kicked out. I have volunteered to speak or do whatever they want because I heard they're having a soup off. Whatever in the world that means, it, it smells like soup to me. So I volunteered to serve, open the door, park in the parking lot, whatever they needed as long as I got a cup of somebody's soup. And so the gals are going to be uh, cooking it up and having a great time. So ladies, you want to make sure you're here for that. All right, open your Bibles this morning, Second Peter chapter 3, and we're going to uh, continue allowing Holy Spirit to speak to us last week. I preached on how will he not, and uh, I, that, that word has resonated in me all week long. I have had to remind myself on several occasions when the enemy tried to attack me this week that the promises of the Lord are yes and amen, and if I will grab hold of them, grab hold of them, grab hold of them, hang on to them, speak the word over every circumstance, situation, de- reject and denounce every lie of hell. How many of you had to reject at least one lie of hell this week against you? I mean, if you're living and walking in the kingdom, the enemy is going to come against you with all that he has. And it's not going to be once a week. I promise you, you walk out of here today, you love Jesus, the enemy's going to attack you. He's going to attack your belief system. And last week, that word uh, pulled out of Romans, it's, it's just really a powerful word of promise to you and I when we grab hold of it. And obviously, last week we saw probably 150, 200 people down here being ministered to. Today, uh, we invited the prayer team back, and we're going to spend some time at the end ministering and uh, declaring the kingdom, whatever it is you're going through. I want to promise you this. The Word of God is greater in you, that's in you, than the lie of the enemy that comes against your mind. But did you hear what I said? The Word of God that's in you. Not, not the Word of God that you're, you put in your windowsill, you know, and ride around town so everybody sees your Bible and says, oh, he's a spiritual one. No. All that's doing is tearing up the leather of your Bible. It's the Word that's in you that you have to learn on a daily basis to declare And some of you this year, you made a commitment with me to to read through the Word again this year, and I I gave you an app to go to, and and you had no clue that you were going to have to read so much. Man, this morning, I was reading John chapter 4, 5, and 6, and uh, Numbers 36 and 7, and Psalm 60. And that's a whole lot of reading if you're just trying to read through to get your reading in. But man, when you start slowing down and meditate on that word, sometimes I'll read it and then sometimes I'll click the little arrow button and I'll let whoever 
They hired to read it. He's got a pretty nice voice. I just listened to him read it to me again. And then sometimes I go back and read it again. Why? Because we give ourselves to so much during each day of the week. Many of you, not exaggerating, have your television on six, eight hours a day. And then you wonder why 20 minutes of Bible reading goes down the toilet when you start listening just over and over and over that negative stuff. I mean, boy, they're telling us, they're warning us now, crazy man over in Russia, one finger away from pushing the button, World War III, the uh, apocalypse, I mean, Armageddon, everything. And if you're not careful, you listen to that stuff, you get all bound up in fear. But Jesus said in Acts to the disciples when they said, Lord, are you now at this time? And he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. It's for you to be about my father's business. Which is what? Win souls, disciple those so that they can become disciple makers and continue preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with your life and when necessary your words. Amen? Got a few nodding heads. The rest of you are having to contemplate that. Oh, it's CNN News or Fox News versus what pastor's saying right now. I take the Word of God over all of those newscasters. Take the Word of God over all of them. Put them all together. Stir them all up. Pour them out. Believe the Word of God. Because God, how will He not Finish that which he has begun, both in your life. How many of you know at least one lost person? Let me see. I'm, I'm looking. Okay, so if you don't have a raise, you don't know anybody. Wow. You know what that means? Every one of us just raised our hand in here. That means we still have something to do. That means the Lord's not through with us. First world problems, third world problems, doesn't matter. Wherever, wherever you are. Is where God planted you. And that's what you give your life to. That's what you start praying over. That's what you start prophesying over. That's what you start declaring the word of the Lord over. Okay, I got to get to my message, all right? So the title of my message is, you got it, God can do anything but fail. He can do anything but fail. This morning, I want to stir your faith to believe. And as we minister at the end, uh, the, the, the faith will have arisen in your heart. And in your body, in your mind, in your soul, you can believe for yourself. You can believe for someone else. I love the story I shared last week uh, about Philip in, in the hospital in Little Rock with me and two little ladies who had a prayer need. And, and Philip just goes up wanting to pray. And, and all of a sudden, he's being, he's being drilled. Because before you lay hands on me, sonny boy, I got to make sure you know who you're talking to. And I got to make sure you what's already happened in my body. So if you want to line up in agreement with me that the word of the Lord has already been declared and by his stripes I'm already healed, doesn't matter what I look like, doesn't matter what my body's going through, what matters is what does the word of God have to say. If you can do all of that, sonny boy, then you can lay hands on me. That'll wet your whistle right there, won't it? That'll make you stop and back up before you go running up to lay hands on somebody. But boy, that, has, that, that story has just encouraged me over and over the last three weeks. Every time I think about it, I just laugh. 
because I visualized that little lady sitting in her wheelchair, diagnosed with some form of multiple myeloma, probably given a certain amount of time to live. And yet she's not, she not bound by any of that. Why? Because your days are in God's hands. Say amen to that. God knows your beginning, which you know, but unlike you, God also knows your ending. He knows your last day. And until my last day comes, I want to be busy about the Father's business. I want to stir myself to believe that nothing God spoke has even the ability to not happen. It does not have the ability to fail. Why? Because God's word is the most powerful, mighty, I think there's a scripture about that somewhere, sharper than something or another and piercing, dividing asunder between something or another, you know. I mean, it's the word of God which does not fail. First, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 3, I mean chapter 3, verse 9, just the first part of that verse. Listen to this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness. The Lord is not, I'm telling you, every person in this room is sitting there looking at that scripture and going, I, I know that what God said is true, but, but boy, sometimes it seems like God is really slow to show it. Don't lie. Don't, don't lie against the truth. You know you think that, or you've thought that, or you've wondered that, because you prayed prayers now, they might not have been Holy Spirit-led prayers. They might have been some of your hoping and a praying. You know, they wrote a song about that too. And some folks, that's how they talk with God, hoping and a praying. But it's normally about their will because it's all about me. What do I want? What do I think God wants for my life? What do I want to accomplish? And, and until you come to that place through whatever process God will take you, and he will take you there. He'll take you there until you find out, not my will, but your will be done. Not until the Lord gets you past, God, it's not fair. I'm so young, or I'm so single, and I want to be married, or I'm so married, and I want to be single. <laughs> I mean, listen, some of you single folks, uh, you just praying constantly, Lord, I want my mate, and, and, and somebody sitting right there beside you, they're just praying, God, take my mate. <laughs> you can have him, Lord. You could, don't nod your head, you lie, bunch of liars. Every one of you have thought that at one point in time in your marriage. God, I think you and I could do better if it's just us. Now, I've never thought that, but I know my wife has. Rightfully so, too. The Lord is not slow to fulfill, listen to this, key words in every scripture I'm going to share with you today. The Lord is not slow to fulfill Come on, his promise, not your wish list, okay? Not your wish list, but his promise. I want to encourage you today in your faith. I want to encourage me today in my faith. I want to encourage us today in our faith corporately because we come in here individually, 
But there's something powerful that takes place. That's why the word of God is so clear. Don't forsake. Don't stay home. COVID's over. Church, come on back. We're here. Come on back. We're safe. You're safe. Come on back. You got, you got to find out if you can still trust God. Because if you can't trust God in the house of God, you hear me? If you can't trust God in the house of God, really, are you believing that God has, is building you a mansion in heaven? I mean, I found out a long time ago, I want my faith, I want my spiritual, supernatural faith to be able to walk out practically. That's why years ago, when I got convicted of robbing God with my tithe, I found out that the biggest issue was I didn't trust God. I love God. I said I love God, but, but I didn't trust God. Because if I trusted God, I could trust him with one penny of every dime I had. Or one dime of every dollar I had. Or one dollar of every ten dollars I had. But I found out that I couldn't or I wouldn't because of fear. Because I did not really trust him. It wasn't a matter of just being obedient. It's a matter of, can you trust Father God? And I lived my life from, I mean, I was almost practically born in church. I was two weeks old when my mom took me for the first time. I grew up in church. Even when I wasn't walking with God, I was in church. But I never learned from my father to be faithful, my natural father. I never believed that his promises are not slack, lack, or not enough. I wanted to go to heaven. And I sure is heaven did not want to go to hell. And so I confessed with my mouth, but I did not really believe in my heart. Not until the Lord supernaturally, graciously, look, if you came to me and, and I was the daddy of Suzanne Irene Mikay, I was her father, and you came to me with what I went to her daddy with, I would go, uh, heck no. You going down the street, boy, grow up, get your money in order. I don't have time to preach this message. Don't know why I'm on it, but it's for somebody this morning. But somehow the Lord just kind of graciously closed her eyes and helped me not to be honest. Or I, I don't know. I, don't think the, I think the Lord was just merciful in it because it wasn't but a couple of months into our marriage when Holy Spirit just pulled back the blanket and revealed my nakedness, the nakedness of my heart. The sin of not trusting God. And Holy Spirit used my wife. Spoke a word. Stuck her finger in my chest. And declared, you better never rob God again with our tithe. Now, the Lord speaks to everybody differently. Some of you say, well, she stuck her finger in my chest. She's going to go away with a broken finger. What happened was she stuck her finger in my chest, and I hit the deck as she walked out the door, slamming it so righteously. 
And my fear was this woman that I had loved for three years before God supernaturally brought her back into my life to the town where I was stationed in the Air Force. And three months later, we're engaged, and two months later, we're married. And I loved this woman, and she was like way up here spiritually in my eyes. And what happened was not only did, well, well, to be honest, the first thing that happened was I just lost her respect. And I don't know what it'll ever take to get it back. But then when she walked out the door, all of a sudden, then I realized not only had I hurt her, I had hurt the heart of the father. And that Father God loved me way more than she did. And if she left me or forsook me, he was never going to leave me or forsake, forsake me. Is that right? Forsook me? Forsake me. But he also wasn't going to let me get by. Come on, somebody. Not going to get by any longer. His promises are not like, they're, they're going to happen. So what's going to happen if I continue in this sin of robbing God is I'm going to be cursed in the house of God. Ooh, listen how quiet it gets in here. I'm going to go to church faithfully every week, lift my hands. Woo! Jesus! Sing in the choir, work in children's ministry. But my heart is far from God because I don't trust him with a dime of every dollar. Man, none of this is in my thoughts or preparation today. So somebody's drawing it out of me, so take it. Don't wait till the Lord has to send somebody to put their finger in your chest. Find out God loves you and learn now if you can trust him or not. See, when it really came down to it, that's what happened to me was I, I, I all of a sudden came to realize all these promises about heaven and a mansion and God's prepared for me and all this. I, I, I'm believing God for all of that, but I can't trust him right here and now with a dollar bill. It's that simple. And I repented. And I said, God, some, somebody in this room today needs to repent. I don't know who you are. Maybe it's a husband and wife. Maybe it's a wife. Maybe it's a husband. Maybe it's a single person. But with your actions, you say you love God. Or with your mouth, excuse me. Had to get my brain there. With your mouth, you say it. But with your heart, you're saying, I, I don't really trust him. You give when it's convenient, but the Lord doesn't want your convenience. He wants your obedience. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm I'm leaving that with whoever it is for today. I want to encourage you, man, get free. Because I wish I had the time to tell. Most of the people in this house know this, but the, the end of my testimony changed because who I am today and what I am today and what my wife and I are able to do today financially, our tithe and our offerings, it's beyond anything I could have ever dreamed up 42 years ago. I mean, I couldn't trust him with a dollar today. My, my, my. My wife and I love to give. Matter of fact, my motto in my heart is I, I live to give. I give to live. My faith gets stirred every time. Every year at the end of the year when I get my contribution report, I do the happy dance around my house. Why? Because God has never been unfaithful to his word. What he promised me 41 years ago when we had nothing. We lived in a roach-infested, one-bedroom, 
little apartment in the cove. When we'd come in at night, we would flip the light on, then back up from the kitchen and give them a minute. Sometimes, I'm not lying, ask my wife. We lived in the cove in Panama City, and there were massive trees everywhere. And at night, while we were in bed asleep, we could hear them flying from one wall to the other. That's what she married into. She took me. But God. But God never fails. And that day I repented. And I said, God, never again in my life will I ever touch what is yours. Because the tithe is the most holy thing you can ever bring to God. Some of you think this is the most holy thing. Oh, shakaraladiya, shaka, I love you, Jesus. Hands raised, you're on your face before everybody, but it's not. The holiest thing you can give back to God is that that you give your lifeblood for. You work 40 hours a week, 60. I talked to one young man yesterday, works for the county fire department, told me just since January 1, he's already worked 160 hours overtime because there's such a shortage of firefighters in our county right now. Guy's sick. He's given his life. He, he, I just looked at, he's in the middle of the day, he's got a cup of coffee in his hand, and he looked tired. Because he is tired. And, and, and what he's doing is he's given his life, he's given his very best to the county to make sure that when you call 911, his guys will be there. Trains them right. Yesterday, Suzanne and I, because we had no power, I mean, no power, no water. First time ever. I've been without power, but we were without power and water yesterday. So we went down to Jonesville to grab a quick dinner and then ran into Publix. And, and as we're getting ready to check out, I see a, a deputy sheriff down the way, fully dressed in gun the whole bit. And, and so we end up walking out at the same time. And I stop and he said, no, no, go through. And I said, no, sir, you go through. And as he walked through, I said, thank you for your service. And he said, well, thank you. And he walked out, and we're chatting it up a bit. And I'm telling you, because I'll go ahead and confess. About two weeks ago, Suzanne and I were coming home from dinner one night, and I was tired, not feeling so good. My foot got a little heavy. <laughs> I'm sitting at a light on Waldo Road. <laughs> I saw lights come up behind me, another car sitting behind me, but I didn't know that it was actually a state trooper. And so when that, by the time that light finally turned green, I was halfway out in the road because there was no traffic coming. And man, I just laid down on the accelerator. And when I hit 66, he turned his light on in a 45. He pulled me over and Suzanne said, what's that? I said, well, I'm about to get judgment. <laughs> she just rolled her eyes at me. She said, I told you to slow down. Man, it's like nine something at night and state trooper comes down. He looks in the window and says, good evening. You, you folks heading out to dinner? And I said, no, sir, we're actually heading home from dinner. Just kind of threw in it's my wife's birthday. Because <laughs> you see, I got my last ticket 10 years ago on her birthday coming home. <laughs> and, and I had actually commented to her that morning that it's the strangest thing. I just thought about it all day. That last speeding ticket I got was like 10 years ago in Waldo. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been, you've been through Waldo. 
I got a $387 ticket for going 21 miles an hour in Waldo. That's another story. But the state trooper took my license, went back, and I'm sitting there expecting judgment. I deserve it. I told her I deserve judgment. I deserve a ticket. And he walks back and smiles, doesn't tell me to slow down or anything, hands me my license and says, you guys have a good evening. Just a little warning. Hands me a little piece of paper, said warning. Like, wow, I've never gotten one of these before. I'm going to keep it. (laughs) Got that thing hanging in my office. (laughs) Warning. (laughs) See, I deserve judgment. I really did. I wouldn't have complained if he had given me a ticket. I deserved it. But he showed me mercy. You deserve judgment. But God always has mercy. Wow. Always has mercy. Krista, I haven't even got to point one yet. The good news is I got something to preach next week. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to read out of a version of the Bible I don't think I've ever read from here. It's called the AMPC. Hebrews chapter 4. You've heard this, but listen to this in this version. For the word that God speaks is alive. Say alive. And full of power. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's good. What is the Word of God? It's powerful. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of joints and a marrow of the deepest parts of our natural, of our nature, excuse me, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes, say, of my heart, of my heart. Throw that back up there, please. Oh, exposing and sifting and analyzing, judging the very thoughts and purposes of my heart, God's Word. I want that. Why? Because when that word does what the Lord says it will do, it causes faith to rise in my heart. This morning in this, in this place, there are many different needs. All kinds of needs. Some of you walked in here fully expecting to just sing a little bit, hear a nice little word, go home and carry your problems with you. Because you yet have the faith to believe that you can leave your problems here. That you can deal and that you can let God touch you in a supernatural way. I don't want just a touch from God. I want my life changed. Amen? I want to be impacted in such a way that everything left inside of me that fights against the truth of God's Word and what He's wanting to do in me, I want Him to have liberty to bring conviction in my life. I want the revival of my soul. I don't want just, oh God, send revival to America. Do we even know what we mean when we say that? 
Because God's not going to send revival to the world or to America until he starts with revival in your heart and my heart. Repentance, brokenness, contrite heart, really dealing with everything in me that is not pleasing to the Father. I don't know about you guys. I know I got at least one, maybe six or seven things left that the Lord is working on me. Because if I were perfected, he would already let me go home. But I'm not. There are issues. And I'm saying, God, let your word bring a spotlight. You should have seen us last night. We got back home from the grocery store. It was dark. We forgot it was going to be dark when we got back. Where are the flashlights? Where are the candles? We had every kind of scented candle made by whoever makes candles. My sinuses were about to explode. I started thinking, somebody needs to sell candles that don't have no smell to them. They just do what they're supposed to do, light up, man. We got, we got three different scented candles in one room. I'm walking through that, and my head is just going, it's screaming for relief. I'm sticking my head out, sucking in cold air from outside. We're looking for flashlights. We're arguing over my little flashlight that she believes is now rightfully hers. I bought three of them. I knew where all three were at one time or another, but then my wife and Miss Karen somehow touched all three of them. And so now we're searching for candles. I mean, flashlights with candles. You know how hard that is? I'm in my closet last night thinking about what should I wear to church tomorrow with a candle? <laughs> Jesus help. Isaiah 55, I'm going to leave the rest of that story with y'all. Just figure it out. We found flashlights. Isaiah 55, and I'm going to close with this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth. How many of y'all know that's true, right? Making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen to this. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Every word of God, every word of our Father is a definite yes and amen. Every promise Today, some of you are in here, you, you still got physical needs in your life. You say, well, I came down last week to get ministered to. I'm telling you, I've been fighting a battle for 29 months. I keep declaring the Word of God every day over my life and every opportunity. Somebody wants to lay hands on me in agreement with what I'm believing. I'm ready to receive it. So there was a time when, when they brought a blind man to Jesus and he laid hands on him and spoke the word. And then he stepped back and he said to the blind man, what do you see? And he said, well, I see men, but they look like trees. Jesus laid hands on him again, spoke the word. What are you saying, pastor? You keep believing until you no longer see men that look like trees. Whatever it is that you're going through, you keep believing it, asking and trusting, declaring until it's done. Some of you are struggling in your marriage. And I'm telling you, this is the place to get healing. 
You can go to all the counselors you want, pay all the money you want, and there's some great counselors. We have some great ones in this auditorium. But I'm telling you, there's no greater counsel than the counsel of Jesus Christ in your marriage when you learn to fight for one another instead of against one another. And you begin to trust God for the miracle that your marriage will not just get a little bit of healing, but your marriage will get so whole that when you first got married, the love you had for one another will be nothing compared to the latter day love that you have as you walk out life. It's not just a mature love. It's a love that says, I'll lay down my life. Every once in a while, my wife will just tell me in the middle of this battle I'm going through, just out of the blue, Sometimes she'll wake me up at night. She doesn't know she's woken me because I try to just keep my eyes closed and, and lay real still like I don't know what's going on. But sometimes I just feel her hands as she's. <sighs> laying them on my back and I hear her praying, thanking God that what the doctor said 29 months ago the judgment of life and death is not in their hands. It's in God's hands. Sometimes just out of the blue, she'll say, honey, the other day we're driving home from out of town. We're in two different cars. We're separated because she drives really slower than I do. And she doesn't ever get pulled over either, but... Sometimes, sometimes you just need a little judgment in your life. All y'all judging me right now. But she called me on the phone. Said, what's up? Just want you to know I love you. Come on, somebody. That's not 42 year ago, finger in the chest. Don't ever do this again in our marriage. That's a respect that's come back. A love that's committed. A marriage that says until death do us part because we're going to be together forever in eternity. And we're not going to be fighting. And, we're, and God doesn't have a, a, a heaven for you and a heaven for him. Only one Lord, one King, one Savior, one God, one heaven. God wants us to fight for each other. Some of you are going through things financially. This is a great place to stir your faith to say, God, whatever I need in this thick brain of mine, Clean it out. Speak to me. I've asked the worship team to come, but I invite you to stand right now. We're going to sing a song. Prayer team's going to come down. And after they've sung it through once, whatever your need is this morning, there are those in this room that are standing and will stand in agreement with you. They're not perfect people. They have needs of their own, but they have faith. They're not going to counsel you, teach you, or preach to you. They're going to hear what your need is. They're going to lay hands in a spirit of agreement. We're going to pray. Today, the presence of God is in this house. And so, Father, right now, we just lift up our hearts and our hands. We're staying in this place, position to hear your voice today. We're not in a hurry, Father, but we are desperate for you. Today, there are marriages that need to be healed. There are souls that need to be saved today in this place, those watching online. Today, they 
they need to step forward and invite Jesus to be Lord of their life. There are some today that are struggling, Father, so much in their mind and their emotions. They have been tormented with fear from what's going on in our world. They watched gasoline go up almost a dollar since last Sunday. Fearful of what $7 a gallon will do to their business or their home or their family, their finances. Father, you have not called us to walk in fear. And no matter what comes against us, you've given us the grace to walk in victory. So today, as we worship every chain being broken in this place today, in the spirit of agreement and faith, today, stir yourself and allow Holy Spirit to touch you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.